a little heavy on the paradigm today. It's paradigm kind of day. Yeah, I guess There's so. There's a musical with a song named that. Paradigm kind of day? It's a paradigm kind of day. And I'm just here to say, shift to the left, shift to the right. It's a paradigm kind of day. Key change, it's a paradigm kind Yeah, okay. She told me she loves me. It's the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs, and with me is Catherine Coger, hey. your favorite of mine. Oh, buddy. Yeah, right? So you brought up a, uh, it was a Facebook post yeah. of a terrible stock photo, and I, so this is, this stock photo is bad. There'll be a link on the website, but why, what, what struck you so much to say that this is, like, the worst? It was obvious, like, we're going to put diverse people in this picture, <laughs> But then we're not going to think too much about how we pose them. So let's 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 back it up. Why don't you talk us through the entire photo? Okay. So in the uh, left-hand corner, you see sort of uh, like a gray-haired white gentleman sort of steepling his fingers, and you don't really see the expression on his face because it's just the uh, it's just like a profile of him, almost like par- right. a we're, partial it, profile. We're sort of like sh- using his point of view. We are exactly. we are. Uh, above his right shoulder, more or less. Exactly. So we can see that he's steepling his fingers and probably in deep thought. Um, mm-hmm. and then he's considering. Across the table from him, there's uh, an African-American gentleman. I'm assuming they're American. I don't know why. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> uh, let's see. So I'm looking on uh, photosearch.com, uh-huh. which is a stock photography website. Okay. And uh, one of the keywords included is African ethnicity. Okay. African ethnicity. <laughs> so whatever that means. <laughs> person um who is like clearly like he has a proposal and he's trying to convince him of his point um and he's also clearly not dressed as well as anybody else like his clothes aren't as expensive as anyone else that was an important point for me is that did you key into that i did I key into that yeah i i caught that i really dislike his tie and now that i'm looking more closely uh i think his jacket doesn't quite fit it's pretty cheap so yeah that's it not looks so good cheap hmm and next to him, there's a really smug white guy with a crappy haircut that I hate. Yeah, it is amazing how smug that man looks. <laughs> it's like, uh, w- w- either the guy was just like that, or there was a photographer going like, Smugger! Smugger! <laughs> Pretend you just got off a yacht! Smugger! <laughs> and he is making eye contact with this guy, and he's looking like this guy, this boss person is making eye contact back with him. And it's very much the vibe of, like... We're white people. We actually know what's going on here. <laughs> now, if we could take a quick look. Uh, so to the left of the smug gentleman mm-hmm. is uh, a woman, of course, because yes. you wouldn't have the trifecta of a white person, a not white person, and a woman who does not count as a white person for That's some reason. Just, uh, women don't have ethnicities. No, they're not. There's they're their own got ethnicity. men in a range of colors and uh, white women. That's That's what we get, right? <laughs> Oh boy! Um, but she's she's holding up some kind of photo or proposal or something, and she looks demure as the Dickens. Are are we sure uh, Smugman isn't looking at the photo? Oh, oh, really? I I read it as he was looking at uh, the boss. It's actually weirdly hard to follow his eyes now that I'm looking at it. <laughs> it's like the Mona Lisa. 
They just follow you wherever you go. <laughs> yeah, look at that. His, no, you know what they do? They follow just over your shoulder wherever you go. So that it always seems like he refuses to make eye contact. <laughs> um, but you're right. She does look very, very demure. Very like, what about this? She's constructive because, as we all know, men are uh, destructive and women are constructive. They are nurturers. Well, we have the ability to create life. So, mm-hmm. what are you yeah. gonna do about it? Um, kill things, I guess. <laughs> That's uh, loosely how it works. So that 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 was your main problem with the stock photo, right? That it, it clearly is doing the Captain America, we must have uh, a one of each color thing. It's doing that, but then it's not really thinking about, like, how do we make them look like equals? <laughs> well, so this sense? is Here's what's so curious about it is my understanding of how stock photos i guess this could be a, a lot of different versions let me let me run you through my little uh my little flow chart about okay. how a stock photo I gets produced interested. yeah let's hear that um so essentially you've got a photographer and I, i'm sure there's lots and lots of different ways but my impression of what little reading i did is uh, that it works this way you've got a photographer and uh, a studio and the photographer either works for the studio that produces these things, or alternately, the photographer can just be an independent person who, you know, kind of does all the work themselves and has their own space or whatever. Okay. And then they bring in some models, or if there's no models, then they don't have them, and they take the photos. And then from there, uh, one of two things can happen. If they have a professional relationship with a stock photo agency, mm-hmm. which could be, you know, Getty Images all the way down to uh, photosearch.com, they can just sell it directly to them. They have, you know, business people strike deals, much like the business people in this uh, in this stock photo. <laughs> Ultimately, you can just post it on the Internet and make it very clear that it's, you know, you own the rights to this thing. Mm-hmm. And then stock, photos, uh, stock photo agencies can actually contact you. Now, this happened to my sister. She had a bunch of photos on Flickr, and I think it was it was a stock photo agency trying to find pictures for a history book, and she just had like some pictures of rivers or something, okay. and they just were just sent an email being like, "Hey, we'd like to use these. We'll pay you this much for it." So one way or the other, and then from there, uh, the stock photo agencies basically just act like any old business that sells a product. Hey, we've got these things. Uh, you can either buy them for one-time use or you can buy them for uh, multiple uses. You actually have the option to file for exclusive rights, which says you sell this to me and no one else. Yes. And I'm sure I'm sure that's really expensive, and it's probably a good idea because if you'll if you'll sit with me for a second, this particular stock photo, I did uh, Google's image search, the one where it just searches the image itself and finds similar images posted on the web. And here is just the first page of people who are using this generic photo of uh, diverse business people talking. Venrad.com, Madison Packing, Revenue Producer Group, StrategicDiversification.com, <laughs> DirectSolution-Gov.com, ManageSecurity.com, HPRecruiting.com, New Approach Consulting, ProfessionalTrainingNetwork.com, Key Learning Consultants, Bifocal Consultants, Pick2Fly.com, EcoConceptsOfMississippi.com, Coexistence Engineering, Oak Ventures, Barracuda Marketing, Authentic Claw. Oh, sorry, that's Authentic Law Marketing. Although I think I like Authentic Claw better. <laughs> Get your Authentic Claws. <laughs> Everybody uses this because it's so generic. Yeah, it's definitely from a range of industries. Um, okay, so here's why. Okay. Well, so but so this is. Let me loop it all back, and then and then I'd like to get into all of your concerns. Okay. So I wonder. To what degree this was set up just by random happenstance and to what degree 
it really was sort of set up this way to be like, oh, yeah, we should make them look uh, terrible. Well, given that, yeah, given that the suit doesn't really fit the African ethnicity gentleman, I mean, I, I imagine that it was provided. That's true, but everybody's got bad suits. Yeah, everybody has bad suits. Like, they all have equally bad taste in fashion, which makes me think that, like, they don't own these things. It might have just been 15 years ago. Perhaps. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's come right back after a break and talk about it some more. Maybe just, uh, well, maybe just uh, start with a quick 10-second bio or something. Sure. Um, so my name is Kevin Lee. I'm a comedian and writer from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And I am a stock photo victim. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the way to put it. I'm not sure. How do you get a job like a stock photo star or victim? Is it like a Craigslist ad or was there... No, with me, it was uh, like I was doing some acting at the time. So going out for commercial auditions and things like that and auditioning on and on, you don't always book commercials steadily. And so it's really a feast or famine, uh, mostly famine type employment option. So if something like, you know, uh, doing a stock photo or something like that comes up and you are having money woes, then you will jump at it. So it was... It was just like past your agent as like... Yeah, he's just like, hey, I got this offer for you. You know, they like this one photo of you and thought maybe you'd like to make another photo, I guess. <laughs> Are you interested in more photos of yourself, but being more out there and yeah. out of your control? So they were looking for just like 20-something college dude or something like that, I guess? Exactly. 20-something stoner, hip, like, nerd dude. And uh, <laughs> they found me at that particular junction in my life. Yeah, so it was just like some some uh, photographers like studio. Uh, I remember kind of wandering in. They asked me to bring like clothing options, so like different um, like hoodies and jeans and button-up shirts and t-shirts or whatever. And uh, just walked into the studio. Some receptionist found me and walked me into the actual studio, like past reception into the studio itself. Just a big open room with a couple of different screens, like like that busted-out wall that I'm jumping through. That they had that on like you know whatever they call those those rigs, like clamps and stuff like that. Oh, they had yeah. some other people too doing some stock photos. I can't remember who they were, what they were doing. I think it was like a couple or something like that doing, doing something. Like maybe they were having a picnic or being otherwise in love? Proposing, but it was all in front of those kind of like just single color backdrops or whatever. So they're part of some sort of series, but I, I honestly couldn't tell you what. I guess the idea for them was probably to have like, you know, this is a set of stock photos. So it's like a pizza guy in front of green wall busting through and like here's some other guy busting through this type of wall or, or standing in front of a purple wall or something like that. It's a wall busting series? Yeah, it's a wall busting series, exactly. Just people who are very forceful about delivering food items. Anyone who needs anything to happen right now. That's our market. Or it's uh, stock photos of people who have trouble finding doors. Mesh. <laughs> My photo being uh, a pizza guy busting through a wall seems pretty weird and niche. You know, I, I imagine it's only being used by like uh, uh, office offices where they're having like a pizza day or something like that. Or... Uh, for a pizza parlor that's having a pizza day or something. It's not as popular as those, um, like the one where it's like people in an office where it's like a handsome enough old guy with like white hair is like standing over the shoulder of like a young blonde woman with no children uh, at, a, at a computer, something like that. Those are, those are the really popular ones. And we're back. I'd like to hear more of your feelings, Catherine. Okay, so you listed all those different companies, right, that are using this photo. 
And I don't know why any company would use this photo because I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's a stock photo. Yes. And I was looking at it in a company context. Like I found it by look, going on a company website and I found it on a company website and I was like, my God, what is this? Why would you put this on your website? It's very uh, uh, uh. obviously not your employees. It has, it's like a very vague intention. Like you're not trying to say anything with it. Why is this on your website? And what? I would suggest it's because most people are bad at their jobs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Now, that may seem like a broad generalization, but, I mean, you put yourself in the shoe of that website designer. Maybe they work for that company. Most likely they don't because most companies don't need a full-time web designer. No. So they just consulted somebody else out. So now you're some guy who's getting paid way less than he believes he's worth, uh, because we all do, to sit and drag and drop, essentially, and just handle HTML junk. And you go, okay, this needs some picture. Am I going to call, make a phone call and say, like, hey, can you, like, have a photographer come in around and, like, get pictures of people working and then email me all those? So now we got to take up the time of people who are going to walk around and take pictures and all that junk. And then you have to pick a good one. Or you're just going to go look up something real quick. It's like 10 uh, cents for this thing, right? I guess so. I mean, it, I hope so. I hope that's all it was. I really hope. Well, I think that's the uh, that's the majesty of how easy it is to make professional-looking stuff these days. Is that? But it doesn't look professional. <laughs> well, that that's my point, though, is that you recognize like the difference here. But I'm sure this would have been perfectly good enough 20 years ago because you would just be like, "Oh, wow, yeah, okay, another picture," and you wouldn't even think twice about it. But now you know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the you know yeah. So what I was thinking was, um, as we talked about at the beginning of how a stock photo is made, mm-hmm. is that a photographer takes pictures of stuff. It, it, it doesn't because it's a stock photo because it has to be super easy for whoever puts the photo up to put it up. Mm-hmm. They they can't they're not commissioning photos is the point. So the photographer has to know what people want before they're asked. So w- were you a photographer? What, what what would you take pictures of if you were trying to make stock photos? If I was trying to make stock stock photos, yeah. um. Let's see. I would take pictures of ducks with little, the little um, sleeves, not sleeves, but the little Duck things. sleeves? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I think, well, you're in the wrong business because what you need to be doing is making duck turtleneck sweaters. <laughs> it would be so adorable. Okay. You know the little plastic things that hold sodas? Plastic things that hold sodas. Oh, 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 you're talking about, um, not a koozie, uh, like a, a ring, uh, those plastic rings. Yeah, the plastic that, rings. That birds get their necks stuck in. Yes, I would take pictures of that. Um, uh-huh. I would take For environmental pictures, issues. Yeah, of oil slicks. Because, like, there's a big need for, like, like sustainable stock imagery here. We're mm. ruining the world. Uh, that's a big one. <laughs> that's true. I love this, actually. The idea of being, like, an adventure photographer, an adventure stock photo photographer. <laughs> because anytime a big news event happens and you need to get, like, you know, pictures of an oil spill or pictures of a volcano going up or something, you just hop on a plane and go. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Right into the thick of it. That's yeah. A, that's a, you should consider that as your next career. Yeah, uh, adventure stock photographer. Yeah. Great right, business card, can I say? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I would hand it to everyone. Because you don't say, like, adventure photographer. You are owning up to the fact that you do stock photography. (laughs) (laughs) Which I imagine there's some stigma about. Well, yeah, and then what I would do is I would turn down offers for, like, commissions or or journalists who are like, you know, 
Oh no, the uh, volcano in Iceland is, is is erupting. Quick, Tim, you got a bunch of great photos. Can we use them? And I'm like, no. Go These are for stock. Talk to Getty Images and ask them for <laughs> photos of volcanoes erupting. And you should find my work there. <laughs> this is a I great idea. That. I love this idea. Yeah. Um, All right. Change the paradigm. I love it. <laughs> well, but I guess I, what I do like about it, yeah, I guess because it's beholden to no one, it's 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 so bold and trusting that your work is is wanted and general enough that everyone will want it. You know, like yes. they will need it. Yes. This is not a picture of the tree outside my house. This is a picture of all trees everywhere. It is worthy of representing every tree. <laughs> exactly. Do you need a exactly. photo of a tree? This is the one. <laughs> Then we get into that same problem of diversity. Mm. Exactly. Creative diversity, which I apparently value more than most people. You know, stock photos are the IKEA of photography. So I guess what happened was, so the first time that we were able to print photos in newspapers was around 1880 when the uh, halftone printing press was invented. And so uh, in the 1920s, um, what was his name? I don't know, something Roberts. He just came up with Roberts stock. Basically, the idea was, yeah, I'll just have photos on file and you can use them. And then slowly this began to develop into an industry. And by the 80s, we were seeing just amateur stock photographers. And what's really interesting here is now that it's gotten big, is that it's actually affected the way people take photos. Because I was thinking about this composition that I had been uh, complimented on. It was uh, the Golden Gate Bridge because that bridge has not had enough photos taken of it. Yeah, it really Um, needs more publicity. But but so I was thinking about the composition on that photo, which was basically it was it was taller than it was wide, and the bridge was on the left side, and it was mostly blue sky on the right. And this is exactly the sort of photo you would take for a stock photo because it allows for print to be put on the the non detailed section of it. Oh yeah. And so a lot of photos come through this way. And now I'm thinking about it, it's like I take photos, like if I'm someplace amazing or I'm traveling, and I take a picture of something I think is great, then I take a second picture of it to be my cell phone background, to be like the photo that sits in the background. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I specifically always find ways to make it so that I'll still be able to like see the icons and stuff. Yeah. And so this is an ex- exact example of how the fact that we have this stock photo paradigm. Um, yeah. I, my point is just it affects the way we take photos. Yes. I think that's really interesting. Yep. We'll be right back. With the Fail Podcast. Okay. So how long were you there? Um, I mean, it's 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 tricky. I'm sure I was probably there, like any of those type of things. I was probably there for like a few hours, and, mm. and a lot of it was like just sitting around and like reading and like getting like ugh, getting makeup done. I hate that. Uh, <laughs> it's the worst. And then they shoot you, and it's and it's just weird, you know, like more just coming through here and like look more like you know, look surprised, and then now look happier, or do like you know just taking weird direction and just hoping your face is doing something different. Yeah, is that? Is that anything, that, like, thing you see in TV shows where there's just, like, a photographer shouting at you? Is that at all accurate? Uh, kind of. I mean, maybe maybe a little less shouting, but just kind of asking you for really abstract type things, you know? Just, they're asking you for emotions or, like, um, thoughts or what you're thinking of or something like that, and you're like, I guess it's like this? And your face, you're like, ah. I mean, you know, that's, that's the face that they want, and then eventually they're just, like, they seem like they're either tired of you or they're satisfied with what you've done. And it's hard to distinguish between the two things. What do they do? They give you just like 
at the end of the, the four hours or whatever, they just give you a check for like, you know, here's a hundred bucks, have fun, or... Yeah, they, they, they paid, like, because I got it through my agency, they paid my agent, and then my agent cut me a check off that. That's, that's how that goes, unfortunately. That's how it goes. So you kind of just go in there, you do the shoot, then you leave, and then you see the money eventually. And then you don't see anything else ever again, right? Yeah, until you do like comedy podcasts and somebody brings it up or somebody Googles pizza and finds my picture coming up. And I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot all about that. So what is the, if you don't mind telling me, uh, what is like the ballpark hourly rate for doing something like that? I don't know. I don't know in general. I think for that I got paid 200 bucks. So, I mean, it was like, I don't know. It was probably like 100 bucks an hour. So at that, like, I mean, that's a pretty good wage to make. So why not, you know? I think they, they, they tend to skew towards either like um, like people who are part of some sort of agency because then it just unties a lot of like stuff that a photographer has to worry about because they just like deal with an agency and the agency's responsible and they'll get all that stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. There's so many out-of-work actors who look generically like a 20 stoners dude or like a businessman boss or something like that. And so they just pull them in between gigs and it's just easy to call them from there. Yeah, that's the weird thing is that they're always... They're trying to convey really abstract ideas. Yeah, so like I don't even know what mine is. Like the the businessman and the spreadsheets, super easy. That's why those are popular. But like I'm like a baby laughing. Like those stock photos, I'm sure like they get used all the time. Ba- like a baby blowing out birthday candles or something. The pizza guy busting through a wall. I honestly don't know. It's just enthusiasm for pizza, I guess. I don't know. Do you feel at all like exploited about it? I ask because I've just never had that experience where someone else owns my image. You know, it, it's kind of an easy thing to get over when doing like um like. Uh, acting or commercial things and stuff because you're always you're selling your image or you're selling your voice you're selling a performance for the specific benefit of you know hot dogs or a cleaning product or something like that and in this case it's odd because it's you're doing that but without any like the product doesn't even exist like it could be like pizza guy for pro-life stuff and i'd be like wait it's like i have no idea why are they using that i guess that's the kind of thing with stock photos it's different from commercial acting and i didn't really think about it at the time was that, you know, your image can be appropriated for the highest bidder. Whoever wants to buy that photo can put it on anything. Oh, yeah, I remember that about the stock photo, too. I don't know how high def that photo was, but they had to, like, sprinkle, like, plaster shit in my hair, like, make it real photorealistic, like, as if uh, anyone could give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, talk to you later, Kevin. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Oh, we're back on the Tim to Fail podcast. Oh, hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, now that we've finished our uh, game of Risk, we like to play a full game of Risk in between each break. Really helps to clear the mind. Yeah, it really does. There's nothing <laughs> like rolling dice. Oh, boy, what a game. Uh, you want to talk about Risk? Because I'm not sure I have anything else we... to say about stock photos. Oh. We, I Do think you? we need to devote a whole episode to Risk. And right. board games. Yeah. Anyway. No, really. Did you have anything else to say about uh, the stock photo or this stock photo? Let's see. What if we, what, what if as a Doom to Fail project, we were to recreate this photo, but do it better? The problem is I don't have any friends, so you might have to do it. <laughs> I don't have any friends either. Uh, You've just so moved. I, uh, I'm just start. All my friends moved away. Mm. Well, action item to listeners, I guess. Be our friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or if you would rather not be our friend, then you can recreate the stock photo with your own set of friends that we're really happy that you have. Oh, good for you, Doom to Fail listener. Cherish them. Mm-hmm. So it sure sounds like we're out of gas about this stock photo. <laughs> it's pretty despicable. It's bad. That's how I feel about it. 
This has been Doom to Fail Stock Talk Shop Talk. It's better than Podcast Real Audio Gold Talk. <laughs> Nothing was better. That was such an enjoyable episode. Hey, so if you're listening, I hope you have a great week. We, we're doing a poll on Facebook pretty generally. I have a lot of fun with it. It's really fun. Yeah. All your friends are doing it. As far as clicking radio buttons goes, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's up there. You know, that's such a satisfying feeling. I feel like whoever figured out radio buttons is a, a smart dude. Smart guy, yeah. Yeah. Or a woman. Exactly. Or a woman. Not, and not some demure woman who's like on some stock photograph. No, a, a woman who, who kicks ass and takes names. Yeah. And builds radio buttons. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Any goals for the week? Uh, catch up on all the podcasts that I've that I'm behind on now that I've been listening to George R. R. Martin. Or excuse me, Roy Detrice narrating George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire. Ah, <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Uh, what am I going to do this week? I'm going to fix up my bike. Cool. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's it's tough to ride on. I need some fixing. I'm going to do that. Hope find something satisfying culturally or physically out there oh yeah don't read too much into it goodbye bye thanks for talking do you have anything you want to plug or anything like that or oh sure i mean um i do a uh, a comedy show here in vancouver so if you're in vancouver come see the sunday service is the name of the group uh not religiously affiliated it's just it happens on sunday uh, at a place called the Cosmic Zoo, 53 West Broadway, Vancouver. We also have a podcast of our own. That's called The Sunday Service Presents A Beautiful Podcast. That's out there. It's on iTunes. It's easy to find it by searching A Beautiful Podcast. And uh, I'd say that's about it. Our website, I'd, rec- I'd, I'd suggest that, but the website's kind of out of way out of date, and we're actually desperately searching to try and get that updated. But it's thesundayservice.ca. Well, cool. Thanks a lot for talking. No, thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for thinking of me. Thanks for listening to Stop Podcasting Yourself. I'll plug those guys as well. Fantastic podcasts. Love them. Sunday Service member Ryan Beal is just on the most recent episode. He's also uh, done a lot of commercials, but I don't think he's done stock photos. So, so I got that on him. <laughs>